You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MKUltra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Coming back at you, another episode, and today we've got a special guest or two. First, here's Abby, and in addition to Abby, look at that. I've got like multiple spots. Even if we hey. have like five or six, I'm going to have people <laughs> popping up in all kinds of places. I like uh, it, man. So, <laughs> so first of all, Abby and PJ are from Conspiracy Pilled, uh, which is a great podcast. And uh, I'll let them explain where to find them, uh, all projects they're working on. So I'll hand it to Abby first. 
Uh, so yeah, Abby, go ahead and give all your your shout outs. Well, we do a podcast called Conspiracy Pilled. All our links um, for the show and for our individual social medias are all on conspiracypilled.com. So that, that's it. Short and sweet. And then yeah. PJ? Yeah, yeah. So we stream every Wednesday night. Uh, we try to keep uh, most of our people on Rumble. That's just because YouTube likes to take down our stuff. So the only way to like mm-hmm. get the full show is to come over to rumble.com slash conspiracypilled. Uh, but again, everything's easily at conspiracypilled.com. It's like a link tree. So you can find... Anything and everything. We also do a unhinged kind of behind the paywall show Thursday nights. You can find us on locals. You can find us on Rockfin. So uh, that's kind of what we're doing. Then we've got uh, other other little things, other videos. We're working on like shorter form content right now. So we've got uh, a new series that I'm doing, which is like uh, delving into like the conspiracy motifs and hidden symbolism and occult stuff in movies and video games and stuff like that. And Abby's got one where you can ask her anything, dear Abby, which has been super super fun. So that's, that's kind of what we're working on. <laughs> Are you fishing for a lawsuit? Is that what's going on? Yes. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, they I'm say curious. that no no press is bad press, right? So like a mm-hmm. lawsuit. <laughs> that was like a, a very specific person that said that. Wasn't wasn't that uh Bart was it Barnum or was the I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I think you it was PT Barnum. Yeah, right. No, Barnum, no press right? is bad press. No? I thought so. You were you were saying that Rumble is the go to place because YouTube takes the content down. What are what are the mm-hmm. last couple things that got taken down from YouTube? What were <sighs> what was the topics and what was the reasons? I know I'm trying I did, to remember. <laughs> I did one on that witch lady. <clears throat> What's her face? Marina Abramovich. Yeah, yeah, that one got taken down, and we were like able to that. get it back up. We had our I think our Adrenochrome episode got taken down. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. We've had we've had quite a few, and I just honestly don't pay as much attention to YouTube anymore. Like we stream there, and our videos are there, but I just haven't given it as much attention. So we've had at least four of our main podcast shows taken off of YouTube at this point. We've been doing this just over a year, so not a ton, but like some of them were taken down and put back up. But I think at least three or four just are not there. Are gone. And yeah. what the Q and on one got us banned permanently from Twitch. We did get completely kicked from Twitch. That's right. They were like, here's your $17, go. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> were you guys organizing a new January 6th uprising on Twitch? Totally. 110%. No, it was weird because they didn't even tell us that it was the QAnon one. That's my best guess. Um, and they didn't tell us what the specific charge was. They just gave us this laundry list of like, this is what it could have been. And like at the top of the list was like, promoting insurrection or something but yeah. it's is yeah we were we're not we're not QAnon people so like it wasn't like a big pro QAnon uh right. episode so i don't know well you guys don't know this and i feel bad that i'm going to be blindsiding you a little bit but i, I actually know. was hired by youtube for an intervention here because we've identified <laughs> you abby and you pj as the highest threats of recreating an insurrection of QAnon and you you yeah. jumped right out of the gate talking about adrenochrome that solidified it. <laughs> and I already know that you want to talk about Pizzagate. So go ahead. Let's let's hear your, your hot takes on Pizzagate. Yeah. Look, some guy doesn't just walk up to a pizza parlor, shoot one bullet. It ends up going through a door and into the hard drive with that. Like, that's that's not an accident. Let's let's just, you know, um, I think that's all I had to say. Pizza Gates. <laughs> it's real. Every, but we also know that yeah. there's no such thing as basements in D.C. It was built on a swamp, so there are no basements. Yeah. So it's impossible for any of that stuff to be true. I mean, come totally. on. Well, come on. Here's a funny story about the basement thing, right? Is like in our research for that one, I'm sure you know this, but like they will say, if you look in the right places, they'll say, look, 
uh, Comet Ping Pong doesn't have a basement. They just have tunnels underneath that connect to the rest of DC. And it's like, <laughs> yes. And and then on top of that, I have a friend who played in the not basement tunnel underneath Comet okay, well, Ping Pong you, once. You, you, so. Both of you are sort of showing your lack of class right now because yeah. <laughs> when it's under a pizza restaurant, it is mm. a wine cellar. So oh, of course ah. it's not a basement, you freaking... Roots. I grew up poor and white, so I've never had a, <laughs> in a trailer park. So I never had a wine. Well, exactly. So it's not even. Yeah, exactly. It's, see, wine and that's <laughs> what you guys are probably failing to realize. And this is only said slightly in jest is that if you're rich enough to have a wine cellar, then you can mutilate children. And it's and it's like an art piece. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an expression yeah. of your your power and just wanting to understand the world. But if you do it in like the basement of a Chuck E. Cheese, you're like a sick, disgusting <laughs> oh, criminal. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. horrible. You'll be on every true crime documentary from now to the end of time. I mean, if, if you have to find yourself in that situation, do you want to be surrounded by creepy animatronics or do you want to be surrounded <laughs> by like $20,000 bottles of Rothschild's wines? Right. <laughs> That's a good point. What a choice. <laughs> It's like I heard it said about Fifty Shades of Grey. If the guy was not a billionaire, it would be like a true crime episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there could be a kink out there. There's probably some like some trailer park, some trailer kink, Shades of Grey out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so well, you you we we already started out hot on Adrenochrome. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do with the YouTube edition of this. And funny enough, I've actually. I've li- I've actually been through, and this is not a joke. I've been through the YouTube re-education camp training. I don't know if you know what this is. No. So I I did a a video on adrenal. It was called. I'm gonna have to censor all of this out. But anyways, it was called Adrenochrome, Freemasonry, and MK Ultra. And to my surprise, YouTube was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like. <laughs> You're not even allowed to have that as the title, title. let alone the yeah. So anyways, I had to change it to now it, it was called Thrill Oxide, uh, Stone Cutters, and um, MK Ultron. So uh, got like, really creative okay, with it. Nice. I like it. Got it real creative, and it makes it super easy for people to find now, too, because everyone's searching for Thrill Oxide and Stone Cutters. So anyways, I, I did the video, and... There was a, and they kept digging it over and over again. And I, I learned that I cut my teeth on this one because I made it like private instead of leaving it unlisted. And apparently, you're not. A, long story short, I got like the the actual ban, like red flag, like you can't post for a week, you can't go live for a week, like the whole thing. It was it was the first strike, so they didn't completely nuke everything. But I kept pushing back and I kept doing edits and I was trying to find out where that line was. And eventually, they forwarded me a time code on my video, and the time code had no voiceover whatsoever. It was music for like 10 seconds. And the only thing is that it showed a vial of adrenochrome on the screen at that point. So they were basically saying you can't even show the word adrenochrome on the screen. And it was flagged as like hate speech and spreading medical misinformation and just like all of all of the things. Right. So they sent me uh, last month, like a little survey and it was like, Hey, you can get the strike taken off of your account. If you go through this, this questionnaire, like this training course. And it was like a sensitivity training course for people specifically that had talked about QAnon, adrenochrome, um, anything that had to do with like the, the child trafficking networks and, and politicians, because it was like a, it was like a 10 question quiz that you had to pass. 
And almost every question was like true or false. Like it's okay to say <laughs> that, you know, Hillary Clinton eats, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but Hillary Clinton eats babies and she's a lizard. And it was just like, man, this seems very oddly specific. Very specific. Like, he, yes, I said that, but like, I thought I got a pass because I don't know, like I was laughing as I said it and I, I produce comic books and anyways, so it's a, it's a very real thing. You're not even allowed to say certain words on yeah. YouTube and they'll just like, even if they pass now, they'll come back in like a month or they'll come back in a year or two years and be like, Hey, that thing that you said two years ago, now we care about it. Uh, so <laughs> YouTube sucks. Well, let's just talk. Let's talk about adrenochrome <laughs> a little bit. He's gonna make you're making him do so much editing on this video. It's <laughs> gonna like beep. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet. We'll see. It might just okay. I, I've been inserting the reading rainbow, the da -da -da, like I've been doing that one, but it gets annoying. Nice. So let's Abby Adrenochrome. Yes. Okay. Go. Oh, okay. Well, pro pro or for or against adrenochrome. Well, I think it's it's bad. Bad people okay. do it. Against, and they shouldn't against do adrenochrome. It. <laughs> yeah. I'm we, against, yeah. She, she runs the dare program against adrenochrome. Yeah. Simply, simply say no. When your friends are passing around adrenochrome, just say no. no. I think the best evidence that it exists is that they've been telling us in movies and, and books for decades that adrenochrome exists, whether it's in metaphor like Monsters Incorporated or uh, outright in something like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's just, it's right in front of your face. They've been telling you a long time. Well, the, uh, for sorry, if I cut in here a little bit, but like, oh, yeah, go. also like they'll say things like it doesn't do what, what you say it does, right? Like there's no way that blood has that effect on people mm -hmm. except when uh, Peter Thiel like has a blood boy and right. he's got like some 17 year old jock, like, you know, giving him transfusions that works. And we, we know that works, but you couldn't say that this other thing, which is very similar also has any of the same properties. Yeah. Just so, yeah, they just tell you all the time. This is a rabbit hole that I ended up going down to that I was originally trying to disprove it in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. And I and I just kept finding so many weird claims that were like matter of fact, like I'll give you a good example. If you go on chat GPT, but chat GPT really does reflect the general consensus. If you went and did the research on Wikipedia and mm -hmm. even on like sort of fringe um, research angles. But if you go and ask chat GPT about adrenochrome you might after it's done lecturing you that like you're naughty for even asking about after like, okay okay i get it i'm a bad person but like tell me about it it'll kind of say that yeah it's like this real substance that exists but it's not a psychedelic and all that stuff is hogwash and mm. don't pay attention to fear and loathing and all this but then you i actually did the research and i looked into it and it is a psychedelic like it a yeah. hundred percent yeah. is a psychedelic but just saying that is now medical misinformation uh, and and uh, if we didn't get banned, you know, HelloFresh, Paranoid 15, 15% off of your adrenochrome <laughs> meals come with an extra 15% of adrenochrome. <laughs> but it's it's an absolutely real psychedelic thing. The mm -hmm. only, in my opinion, uh, the only real conspiracy about it is that you don't have to take it from humans or you don't have to torture somebody to get adrenochrome. All you got to do is get epinephrine and oxidize epinephrine and now you've got mm -hmm. unlimited supplies of adrenochrome and if you go and look like we are this is a crazy one right so adrenochrome is not you're not allowed to talk about it medically 
but you are t- allowed to talk about epinephrine and, or adrenaline, right? It is the most mm-hmm. common. Like people have epinephrine just like on hand for a number right. of reasons. Epipens, and they so, both yeah. come from the same thing. If you were to torture yep. someone, they're going to produce adrenaline. So, uh, but we usually get it from either synthesis or from, what I understand like cows, because we've got a whole bunch mm. of extra byproduct from all of the other uh, sort of industries that we've got that process animals and those animals have perfectly good adrenal glands in them Ooh. and there's really no reason not to use every part of the buffalo that's why we've got chicken nuggets and hot dogs uh, so i mean <laughs> it's so anyways the, the conspiracy <clears throat> aspect of it is like you don't necessarily need a seance and to like torture somebody to get like the mm. best quality adrenochrome out of them although it might be more fun well, that might be the thing. I mean, I also wonder, like, this This leads me into, like, some other angles where I'm like, we get the synthesized stuff. They've done studies on the synthesized stuff. And it seems to be, like, in, at least in my research, that it's not exactly what people are talking about. It makes me wonder if there's some, like, supernatural, like, spiritual aspect component. to adrenochrome, like, component of why, like, if the rumors are true, like, why it would be need to be taken from from people. There's, like, some black magic part of it. But I don't know. I'm, where are you at on that? Are you are you closer to that's like there's a spiritual component of it? I mean, I generally am like closer to that. Like the more I study people like, uh, you know, um, Aleister Crowley and all these people, it seems like their black magic works is my point. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't ever rule out the like supernatural aspect of these things where it's like, yes, we have a very scientific medical way to produce adrenochrome. It's we put it in EpiPens. So maybe it's not as nefarious as they think it is. But then what if it is nefarious and what if it has more to do with like that supernatural aspect of it? That's kind of where my mind goes. But that's that's 100 percent just like speculation. So. Well, you got to ask yourself why the Hollywood people are constantly doing these rituals. Why would they bother if they didn't. If, if they weren't effective. In some right. Way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, they're um, devil's advocate on this one, 100%, because I'm I'm all in on the conspiracy angle, but devil's advocate, just so that we're not just like all nodding heads left and right, right? (laughs) But like, could Hollywood just be a bunch of edgelords and could the politicians just be a bunch of edgelords? And I actually shout out to my friend Andre Azertis. Um, who does Sing Tank and a million other shows, but he, but actually this might have been from uh, David Charles plate, but he mentioned that maybe Marina Abramovich is like a troll. Like maybe maybe the best example that he says is like, oh yeah, Mr. Rothschild, you want to take a picture? Oh, just we're just coincidentally taking in front of this painting. Don't worry about what the painting's about. Like knowing it's like Lucifer, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. putting them in these situations. <laughs> like, oh, Podesta, you want to do some spirit cooking? Yeah, come on over here, let's do it. So, <laughs> so I can't. Shake it's got to be one or the other, right? It's either it got to be that they be. actually it, are as nefarious as we think they are because it's right. so in your face, mm-hmm. or they're just having the biggest like trolling gag going on for you know a hundred years. Yeah. yeah, decades, whatever. Hundreds of years, yeah. It really does. Have, like, it, it's not the it's not the mainstream narrative, which is like, it's fun and cute and innocent. And it's not, don't look over here. It's like either what you're saying, that it's like complete trolling and they're having the, the best time with it. Or they just are as evil as we think they are. I think I it could think be I a bit might lean too. towards the latter. Yeah, me too. I think that people have been doing dark magic rituals forever. And it never stopped. Do you think that if I were to go and let, let, maybe not me, let's let's pick like 
like a like a 14 year old you know abby before she gets into anything nefarious before you start practicing dark magic and listening to alice jones um let's say you just order the top 10 books off of amazon that are all about conjuring demons Mm -hmm. and you just read those books and then you try to do what they say do you think there's a chance you could actually conjure a demon it would depend as like on a four, as a 14 year old, you know, Abby, or would you have to be like an Aleister Crowley or be like a serial killer or like be nefarious or could it just come from Amazon books? I think it would depend on my intention. I don't think the, the content of the books would matter as much as how badly I was serious at 14 about calling a demon. If I really wanted it for real, for real, I could do it. And then same with PJ, you get you get the top 10 Alistair Crowley books and you start, you know, doing heroin and mescaline and uh, all kinds of butt stuff, right? That's where the magic's of, at. All kinds of butt stuff like this. Do you think that stuff. there's a chance that you summon like a legitimate demon? I do, actually. I think that I think there's a chance, but I also feel like uh, part of that question is like getting stuff from Amazon. I feel like there's so much like disinformation that's given to the public mm-hmm. out there that like the real like dark, deep, dirty stuff is probably not something that you're going to like find on an Amazon shelf. Probably the, but the counter is, I think that you can buy a, a Ouija board at Walmart. And I have way too many friends who have played with Ouija boards and had like really demonic like experiences. So yes, I, I think intention matters a lot, but I don't think that the secrets are in the Amazon bestsellers list. <laughs> I agree. Or at the, least if the they Ouija- are, at least if they are, they're hidden in ways. Like we've talked about this before where it's like, there are there are things that they want to push on the public as far as like uh, fallen angel magic or fallen angel worship. Right. And all of that stuff is just hidden in like Twilight. It's hidden in like the most like cutesy or really not just cute, but like, you know, like depraved kind of like sex books that women read. And it's like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. you read a book about like, um, you know, like a gargoyle daddy dom romance is one that we talked about on our show. And it's oh like, on one hand, it just seems like some weird, like kink. Right. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's like telling like a deeper truth about um, like uh, Anunnaki Nephilim stuff. So I don't know. You said it, not me. Well, let's just get That's into me. Nephilim now. All right. Oh, yeah. So Transition. we talk about them a lot. Yeah. Tell, tell me about Nephilim in just in general. Explain, explain to me how a Nephilim like where did Nephilim come from, Daddy? Well, <laughs> when, a, when when a human woman thinks a thinks an angel, it's really hot. <laughs> Go ahead, PJ. When when a human mommy uh, and a and a and a fallen angel daddy love each other very very much. Yeah, no, it's uh, Genesis six four, right? Is that uh, in that time there were there were Nephilim on the earth, and they came from the the sons of God, the angels, having sex with the daughters of man. So like that. Uh, whole thing it's talked about a lot i don't I don't know which where you want to go with it because i've got a lot of like do you, uh, do you think it was consensual that's an interesting question because nobody really talks about that like were the human women like lusting over the angels or were they mm-hmm. you know raped because this is old text and sometimes it's just like you know not said um well, we i think it could be both right dynamics. i think it's well the power dynamics right <laughs> yeah no i think it could be both um if you look at uh, like, the you story even consent in that sort right. of a power structure there's actually- no consent there Right. If it's like Harvey Weinstein, right? It's like, uh, you know, there's Listen, a whole conversation like, there. If you want to get me a big, a good word with the big guy, there's a, there's a little <laughs> something you can do here. 
goodness. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be that. I, I, but then I look at uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it seems like the people were overtaken with lust, wanting to have sex with the angels who came to destroy their city. So, like, mm. I can see it both ways. Is my point. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that it was all. It probably wasn't all consensual, or like you said, like power dynamics, like. But there's always people that have like offered themselves up to, to fallen angels, you know, throughout all of history. We've got like yeah. these like these huge ceremonies from like 6000 years ago around Ishtar that are just like people proselytizing themselves and mutilating themselves. We've got the Bacchanalians and we've got like long history of people like literally mutilating themselves and offering themselves up to, to demons throughout all of history. So I could see that happening back in Genesis six as well. Are you, are you both versed on the Bible fairly well? You're, you're throwing uh, verses out at me. What do you think about the curse of Ham? What what happened in that tent with Noah? <clears throat> oh, man. I've heard okay. some. Go yes. ahead. You give yours first. This is, this is hard because I think it's been used for really nefarious things. But it is true <clears throat> that when Ham disrespected his father... And, and made a joke out of his father's nakedness instead of covering him up when he was drunk. His father cursed him and said that he was going to always be subservient to his brothers. And preachers in the Old South used that verse as a biblical excuse to keep slaves. And I think that that's wrong. But I think that prophecies are more prophecies as opposed to um this is your permission to treat this people this way it's it, it has been true that the children of ham were <laughs> have been subservient to the rest of the world so we did a whole episode about the the ham thing and like the nephilim line continuing through him but mm. i actually heard a very different take on the you're so you're talking specifically about the tent where it says like the curse he, i want to yeah. know what yeah, happened his, his nakedness what I think this is going to be very different from Abby's oh because I don't think we've ever talked about this. I, I listened to a very convincing sermon from someone that was like going through idioms, like old Hebrew idioms. And it was basically making the case that this was a idiot, a, a nice way of saying that he had sex with his mother. And I kind of lean towards that being true. The more that I study like the Hebrew and the idioms of that time, it's okay. like, we're going to say it this way. You'll get what I mean, but I'm not going to be explicit about it. And then it just gets translated to English as like, he saw his father's nakedness instead of he took his father's wife as a, as his own interest as in his dad got so drunk. He couldn't stop his son, his depraved son from like from doing that. raping his own mother. And that's I, why he's cursed. I've heard the same, so? but it was, he basically had his way with Noah. I've oh. heard that one. I've heard that one too. Yes. So either way, if you understand the the kind of the context and the idioms, I do think it had something more than just, he saw his dad's uh, wiener. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's well, more to, to kill you and destroy all your progeny. And when the flood yeah. comes, mm. like everybody gets taken out. Like you saw the wiener and you laughed or you did something a little bit more egregious. I, I think it was more egregious than that for sure. I can definitely get down with that. Counterpoint, there are other places in the Bible, I'm thinking specifically of Absalom and what he did to David, where the Bible explicitly says that Absalom slept with David's concubines on the roof of the palace. Sure. So I sometimes I'm like, if the Bible isn't scared of being clear about something why would it hide it in another verse it's also different authors though because like the authors, authors of genesis were a little bit more the author of genesis was a bit more poetic than uh, the You're authors right. of 
Kings and Chronicles. So uh, Kings and Chronicles are very, very like this is super matter of fact. There's no poetic language in it at all. So I I think that that could actually explain it. What's up with the book of numbers? Not a fan. (laughs) You know what? So, yeah. So let's, can we talk about the ham thing for a little bit more? Cause you know, we can, we can, because I actually, I actually have one other theory just in case you haven't heard this one. And then I want to hear what you have to say, PJ. This one last theory that I I really like, I think this one's interesting, but that see, uh, saw him in his nakedness. I've heard referred to as saw either Noah talking directly to God, like in that pure commune that you're not so like, mm. like an ineffable mm. aspect or that Noah was performing magic and that this was like, you can't, no one can know. Nobody can know that I'm actually Voldemort, uh, you know, deep down. <laughs> so you are getting wiped off the planet. Uh-huh. So anyways, I, I always found those approaches a little more fascinating only after you get over the novelty of like he slept with his dad you know yeah 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 i i don't think it's the second one that you said but uh yeah no that's interesting um psalm and his nakedness is in seeing him in communion with god which is something you're not supposed to like visually see like moses had to like cover his face when he was talking to god on mount sinai so that's interesting never heard that it one is before. but the context was that he was drunk i, f- I find that one hard yeah to i feel like that's why i'm st- lean more towards he like did something towards. sexually messed up well, right. well hold hold on let's uh this is related on a tangent okay okay where are you at on psychedelics and spiritual experience do you think that it's the same do you think that psychedelics is a different thing like we have a lot of stuff to say on psychedelics i think it's real i don't think yeah. that people are just like imagining uh seeing the same exact deities as other people are seeing but do you uh, think the, that like someone's finding a connection to god in uh no. deep down so, beneath all not that god so no i don't i think they're being deceived to be honest with you i think that uh that uh anybody i've talked to has kind of gone through that stuff um there, there's this idea of good trips and bad trips for sure and the people who are on good trips are going to say this was a connection with the divine, this is a connection with the deity, and they'll name it God sometimes. I just don't think it is. I think they're being deceived. I think that there's another realm that they're stepping into. People have talked about the pineal gland kind of being opened up, and this this could relate to like the Garden of Eden and the, the knowledge of good and evil and, and all these things. It's a whole nother conversation, I guess. But I do think they're seeing things. I just think that if they're experiencing it as good, the the... The evidence, the fruit of this is that they start worshiping this thing. And I don't think this thing is God. So like, I think that demons present themselves as angels of light, according to the Bible, uh, to plenty of people. So I, I'm not outside. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. They actually do have a good trip. They actually see something that seems divine and wonderful and perfect. I just think it's, I think it's a deception personally. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You had attempt, probably stuff. I think it's, it's an attempt to get back to that closeness with the divine that was there in the Garden of Eden, but it's yeah. going further into the air to try to reverse it, which is never going to work. Sure. Okay. And, and the the lead there was just that some people equate inebriation to an ability to have some kind of an extra divine connection. Sure. So that could be, a, mm. you know, Noah's drunk. And therefore, I don't know if, if being drunk can bring you closer to God, but I'm sure there's a cult out there that's like, no, that's our... This That's is our, our connection. <laughs> I mean, Catholics, right? I mean, I, I grew up Catholic. I know you're once they once they turn that wine into blood, it maintains the same alcohol content level, but you're not allowed to pour it down the drain. So you have to drink it. Oh, otherwise, no. it's a yeah. Otherwise, it is like an offense to God. Like you wouldn't just pour God's blood out on the ground. So you got to get drunk off of it. it. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's far more respectable. Yeah, so I think the, the, the idea that you have to be high or inebriated to reach God is is an error. It's But it's a way that people commune with demons on accident or on purpose. Or on purpose. Or on purpose. <laughs> we've, we've met a lot of people who do it on purpose, for sure. But yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to do what on purpose, to be specific? Commune oh, to take demons. like DMT to meet these entities on purpose. Yeah. I know. Or we, we, we actually just about, had a guy who came on our show that talked about this cult of people who take um, uh, D, what is it? DP? It's it's Nyquil Benadryl. or whatever. Essentially, Benadryl. Yeah. Thank you, Benadryl to meet the Hat Man. So they're very specifically taking and inebriating themselves to reach another plane to speak to a very specific yeah, d- entity. What is it? DXM yeah. robo tripping. I think mm-hmm. they they used to call yeah. it. So there's both. The he talked about it. He talked about both. Yeah. So there's the Benadryl one, which is. DPT, or I can never remember what it's called. And then uh, DMX, which is robo tripping. So there's a little two, there's two different cults around They're each related. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ingredients below. Uh, we'll have links 50% <laughs> off all your robo tripping needs. I'm pretty, I am almost positive. That would be funny. I could like link to like, you know, Robitussum and then get like <laughs> yeah. Amazon affiliate credits and totally oh, say buy this to get drunk off of. So go ahead, get get drunk off Robotussum. I'll link it in the <laughs> link below. It would be awesome oh. if I if I got some proceeds from Robotussum. So where <laughs> where do we go from here? I was about to break into the uh, the absolute action packed thriller blockbuster that is the Book of Numbers. Oh yeah, uh, that's so you want to talk we, about the numbers? Are we ready yeah. to peel back and just oh, get goodness. into the let stuff? Yeah. Uh, no, really, it's just like a bunch of names over and over, right? That's. Right. So, what, what, so this actually, missing? this actually is, this is what we, I wanted to talk about with ham and everything. Right. So there's this theory that comes from Rob Skiba and the theory is that, you know, it says that there was Nephilim in the times before the flood and there's Nephilim in the times after that's in Genesis. That's not disputed. And then in numbers 1333, it tells you about Og of Bashan and it says he is a Nephilim who does descendant from the Nephilim before the flood. And it's there in the way that they spell Nephilim twice. So it's like Nephilim of the Nephilim and it's got like a Yod. So what it's saying is he actually descended from the Nephilim that the way it was written in Genesis six, because it's written differently afterwards as in like like a diminished lesser form of, of Nephilim. And again, I don't know if you asked me what Nephilim were earlier. If people don't know it, it's literally the sons of angels having sex with women and then they create giants. So there's a whole thing in numbers about giants. There's a whole thing in Genesis 14 about giants and with ham the theory is that his wife had a recessive Nephilim gene that she was not pure. So like Noah and his sons were the only ones It says every, all flesh was corrupted. Everybody except Noah and his sons. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the lines and why, why numbers is so boring, yet so important to these theories is that you can actually trace the lineage through the Bible and see that uh, Shem's line has no Nephilim in it, that Japheth's line has some Nephilim in it. And that Ham's line is just chock full of Nephilim. Like this is where Goliath comes from. This is where Og of Bashan comes from. This is where the Canaanites come from. It says the Canaanites were like tall as cypress trees. It says Og of Bashan had a bed that was like 14 foot tall and made of steel because he was so massive. He couldn't sleep on a normal bed. So the, the reason why numbers I've never liked reading, I still don't like reading. I still don't like reading Leviticus. But when you understand that, like there are people out there who are going to trace these lines down and make connections. I think it was all preserved for that reason. So it's like boring not fun stuff to read, but like when you get into like the 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 Rob Skiba kind of Nephilim theories, it's like crucial. And then the names and numbers are crucial and the names in Genesis 14 are crucial to like the Hebrew names of some of these tribes where like 
the people of lapping and licking up and the people like the dead ones of the Raphaim and stuff like that. And you understand their names are like specific Nephilim tribe names that like had to do with like the occult things that they were into. So boring you're, stuff, you're but it actually is it. important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you're so. selling it. So <laughs> I think just suggestion, if there's any, if there's any Bible publishers out there, any writers that are still working on Bibles, uh, that could be the new pitch is that like, as you open up the book of numbers, it would be like, this is outing all the Nephilim of history. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I'm paying attention. Like, I actually care about all those different names, but it doesn't, it doesn't have like a, like a really good, like, grab you sort of you know introduction to that section it just gets right off and it's just begat 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 and it's like okay there's names in between all those cool right yeah i i'm the bible that i have has got like half of the page is like notes about like history and things like that if someone did a, a thing of the bible was like let's go back and like actually try to understand the nephilim and like not like retcon them out of there and change nephilim mm-hmm. to giants when it's convenient for us and they actually like kept all the like supernatural weirdness in the old testament and had notes on it that Bible would be the Bible I would buy. I would have like an affiliate link on our page for all of our listeners, the whole for thing. Sure. So if somebody could do that, hundred percent, I would, I think it would be, be awesome. heretical. No, it wouldn't be heretical to be like, Hey, here's, here is interpretations of what these words, because a lot of it's like you're reading the word giant in numbers 13 and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But if the original Hebrew is Nephilim and they've changed it to giant because a lot of Christians are just kind of like weirded out by the, crazy strange supernatural stuff in the mm-hmm. old testament so and the catholics in particular it. have completely written nephilim out of the bible they say that uh there was no angels having sex with men it was just the sons of seth had sex with the daughters of cain and like that is made giants somehow but also we don't want to talk about giants so we're just gonna not explain that don't ask questions it's so like the catholic answer on nephilim is like super terrible it's not it's not accurate I wish I would have known that question when I was still actively going to the Catholic (laughs) church. I would have been an awesome one to ask, Yeah, you know, explain Nephilim to us point point to this one. So Nephilim, I want to understand the full lineage here because I've just got a very loose idea. So it starts with the watch, the watchers in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the angels that come down and either coerce or you know, maybe it's mutual. Nobody really knows for sure that they make Nephilim with humans. And those are from what I understand, like the biggest of the giants that exist. And then over time as Nephilim keep interbreeding with humans, they kind of like shrink until now you've just got everyone sort of the same size. Right. Yeah. And even by the time you get to first and yeah, first Samuel, you hear about Goliath and Goliath is definitely from the tribes of Nephilim. He's said to be nine foot tall. But they never say he has six fingers. And what's interesting about that is Enoch and other places say that the Nephilim had six fingers and six toes. But what you'll find out is that later on, David goes and continues to hunt down these Nephilim brothers of of Goliath. Mm-hmm. And they all have six fingers and they're all bigger than Goliath. And this is by right in second yeah. by a lot. So this is all right. in I think that's second Samuel. So what you're seeing in the Bible is like the Nephilim tribes hadn't been killed out, but they had been so diluted that like one of their biggest warriors was like a five fingered nine foot tall guy. And his brothers are like six fingered, 14 foot tall dudes. So like that, so, that so when you run into Louisiana somewhere, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we call them um, six. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm sorry. What was your question again? Is just like, it's been diluted over time is kind of the belief. Yeah. Yeah, pro or con, Nephilim. What do you think yep. a Nephilim looks for in a in a human woman? Subservience. 
Yeah, I don't I know. Guess, yeah, I guess that would make sense. A big womb for his giant babies. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he's you looking know, for I've, birthing hips. That's what he's looking for. I've also heard a very interesting theory, and maybe I, maybe I partially helped develop some of this, but uh, uh, from Joel Thomas about the Nephilim portal babies. And it sounds like, a, and that's what it is, right? It's an, it's a, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. we throw the portal in there and it's a long story, but it's because they're in these interdimensional angels. So mm-hmm. why couldn't they create portals? But perhaps it is some sort of a loophole, kind of like you've got anchor babies in the US, right? Like if you have a kid, maybe that's what we should call them is Nephilim anchor babies. Nephilim anchor babies. <laughs> well, the, Sorry, and, go ahead. But, but hear me out, right? So, <laughs> so the, Angels were essentially jealous of the freedom that man had. They had free will and they had all these extra, uh, they, they could like mm-hmm. sense, sense things and like enjoy their senses and they didn't have to be subservient to God. Whereas the angels are kind of like locked in Walmart 24 seven and like had to do the cheer every morning and like pretend they were happy to be there. And they were like, those guys have got it. So if we've got kids with them, now the kids can have like the angelic powers, but also mm-hmm. be able to experience this on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe there's like this, like an anchor baby situation, but just at like a spiritual level. I'm so glad you brought this up because we have a discord and in our discord today, we have this section where people ask for episodes they want. And very specifically today, we're asked, they were asking us to do a Nephilim portal baby episode in the future. So the fact that you brought it up is hilarious, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think reach that's, out to Joel Thomas. If you don't know who that is, I know um, he is. He, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's the yeah. guy for Nephilim portal babies. Yep. Yeah. So we've, we talked to Tony Merkel, which is the first person I heard talk about Nephilim portal babies. I think he, we were talking about on his show, I don't know yeah. if we talked about when he came on our show, but yeah, uh, definitely want to dig more into that. People are asking for it. So I think we have to like do some, some deep dives on some Nephilim anchor babies. What about King Solomon? What was up with that guy? Mm. Was he summoning demons for good, for bad? Does that make him like an evil warlock sorcerer? Was he like the smartest dude ever? And like, he gets a pass because he knew what he was doing. Cause he was su- like, first of all, he was summoning demons, right? Where? Or no? What part? Well, King, it depends. King so Solomon like in his temple with his sigils, and he was commanding da- or daemons, and that that was what all of his sigils were about. Or is is this fabrication of you know modern history? It's not directly in the Bible, other than the, that it does say he served other gods. So like it's not outside mm. of the realm of possibility. But what I think what you're talking about is like stuff that comes from like Freemasonry originally. So like the Freemasons like. Uh, they they claim to go back to like their roots as King Solomon, right? So like they talk about Hiram Abiff and they talk about King Solomon and his temple and things like that. And they talk about the pillars and that's like part of their huge ritual thing. So I haven't dug that much into it. I feel like the the basic answer on King Solomon is early on, he's like this wonderful king. He's doing all these things. And then he starts to break the rules over time and all of his rules he breaks. He doesn't just do it small. He like goes big on all of them, right? So it's like God God tells him, hey, don't have like your own horses and and like wealth and riches and stuff as a king. Like live, live amongst your people. Don't like promote yourself. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get like 10,000 horses from Egypt. I'm going to trade with our enemy and I'm going to like tax the people into oblivion. I'm going to have 700 wives. They're all going to serve different gods and I'm going to serve all of them. So like when you read earlier King Solomon, you know, it's like the wisest guy. He writes song of Solomon. He's like loves his one wife a lot. And then it's like 700 wives, 300 concubines, a thousand gods. So yeah. King Solomon just went big on like, uh, on, uh, heresy is not the word, but, uh, 
Idol worship. Yeah. Idol worship. So no, I would say he didn't do the, if he's summoning demons, which couldn't be out of the realm of possibility, I wouldn't say it was for the good. He, he has a very tragic end to his story. So Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if you had anything to add to that, Abby. Yeah. Just that he's not, he's, the only thing the Bible says is that he went after other gods, but how far he did that and if he actually summoned demons is is unknown. It's my my understanding it. from it, I think might even predate Freemasonry, and it was from uh the Lesser Keys of Solomon, and that's where mm-hmm. they detail like the seventy-two different demons. It's from the Ars Goetia. Right. So yeah. I'm I'm almost positive that predates Freemasonry. It's good okay. like alchemy and grimoires and stuff. Mm. Um, I think it 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 does it it does predate Freemasonry, but what I'm interested in finding right now is like if you read ancient Egyptian stuff, which also also predates Freemasonry, and you read Kab- uh Kabbalah, Kab- Kabbalistic mm-hmm. texts, Freemasonic texts, early Gnostic texts. What I seem to be noticing in all of them, they all have the same rituals. They all have the same symbolism. They all have like the same basic boiled down to the core beliefs. So I think Freemasonry is not even the oldest of the religion that they serve. I think it goes back mm-hmm. to, to Egypt, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which you is probably the, where Solomon got it. Well, exactly. Old yeah. is, is more accurate. Do you think like uh, if let's say they, they find like an old scroll that predates anything that we found to date and it's like, here's what God's about is that thing more or less accurate just because of its age? No, I don't think, I don't think the, the date has to do with everything. I mean, if the Bible's to be believed, like we know that there was all of this stuff going on pre-flood. So there's like pre-flood Nephilim worship. There's pre-flood fallen angel temples and worship and ball worship and Ishtar worship goes back to predating the earliest written parts of the Bible. So no, I don't think, I don't think just older means better. It's uh I think it has just to do with truth, you know, because the, the Bible story starts in the beginning and it doesn't claim to be the oldest written text. thing written down. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was verbally passed for quite some time. But I think that every other story. Every other ancient story, especially, is exactly the inverse of the Bible story. So you'll you see the Bible story and then you see. um. What is what is the oldest thing we have right now? Well, it's the this the oh gosh, that king that's like Nimrod, right? Why can't I think of his name? Is it Enuma Elish? No. The, oh my gosh, it's gonna drive me nuts. It's the guy ah. we had a whole episode on this dude. He's believed to be the same exact figure as Nimrod, but the Mesopotamians wrote down their story of him first. Right. And that's supposed to be the oldest written text. It comes from Mesopotamia from like five thousand years called- ago. The text is called the Enuma Elish, but I don't know what his name is. Okay. But anyway, it's it it's the inverse of the Bible. So you you see the two things that are claiming to be the oldest, truest things, stories from the beginning. You have the Bible telling one story, and then you have not just an alternate story, but a complete on its head flip of the story. Well, and like I was saying with Freemasonry, Kabbalah, and and old um, we just did a whole conference of like about Egyptian mythology. Uh-huh. And when they were explaining it, they actually had a high level Freemason, like explain it as well. And we had like at least four or five people up there, like telling the same story. And that's what I've been noticing is like all of these stories, doesn't matter how old they are. doesn't matter if they call themselves Freemasonry, Kabbalah, whatever. They're all telling you the exact same story. And they're all using the same reference of like two pillars, open the third eye, the third eye is the middle pillar. Like it's the same exact religion and under different names. It's been going back for a long time. So like, Mm -hmm. I agree with Abby. I think that if you really study any one of these religions, you'll find out that they're all the same religion. 
and they're all the exact opposite of the Bible. So like, I think it really just comes down to two things. Like there's just, there's essentially two religions in my book is there's the fallen angel worship. And then there's, you know, there's the Bible and Christianity and things like that. But they seem to be, the more I dive into any one of these, the more I'm like, Oh, that's the same exact story. It's the same exact Mm -hmm. inverse of the other story. So that's just kind of my belief on it. Would you think anything that's not exclusively Christian uh, worship, like, like, you know, Jesus Christ, the son of God, the only way into heaven. Do you think that that's the one category and everything else uh, goes into like the, the fallen angel worship, like Hinduism and um, like, I don't know, like Buddhism, like every other ism that doesn't necessarily point to Jesus. Like what about, for example, the other Abrahamic religions are, are the other two just wrong essentially? Yes. Well, yes. I like, the, I like the succinct answer. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes. But uh, when you're saying the other two, you're talking about, you're talking about uh, Judaism and and Islam, right? Right. Both, both the other major sponsor <clears throat> this show, by the way. So tread carefully. Yeah. <laughs> tread carefully. <laughs> Islam, no, no. Judaism was right. Judaism yeah. was right until they were wrong. And that's like, in mm-hmm. my belief, they were right until they rejected Christ. So uh, I believe that we read the same Bible, Old Testament, mm-hmm. and we worship the same God, Yahweh. Um, but I think they have, I think that people, there were, look, the, the early church was all Jews. Like the early Christian church was all Jews, Paul, mm-hmm. Peter, all of them. And then other people just didn't didn't accept Christ. And I think that that's where they differ. But as far mm-hmm. as like in its origins, I don't think it's a different religion. I think mm-hmm. that post Christ it is. So, uh, but Islam, yeah. Islam is like black cube, Saturnalian worship. The more you dive into mm-hmm. it. Aries. Aries <laughs> it is, are you familiar with the black cube stuff? Yeah. The, the Saturn black cube and the time cube and, uh, yeah. the yeah, Tracy yeah. Twyman, uh, yeah, rabbit yeah. hole. And yeah. 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 I dig it. I, I, I like some of that. It's it's interesting. I've actually been like diving into the whole black cube thing and realizing like it just shows up everywhere. I think you do find the one caveat I'll say is you do find it in other religions, people who are kind of accidentally worshiping Jesus and they will over the course of time um, walk out of Islam and into Christianity or walk out of Hinduism and into Christianity as they realize, oh, actually the God I've been worshiping, it is not the God of the religion I'm in um, and and they'll eventually come over. So that's just kind of a well, you, side case. You've talked about like Christophanies, right? Like in the mm-hmm. old Testament, it talks about the angel of the Lord and it's like a certain angel of the Lord. That's Christ pre uh, becoming fully God and fully man mm-hmm. on earth. Right. So like um, you see those happening around the world where people will say, I was worshiping this angel of the Lord. And then I realized it was Jesus Christ. I just didn't know yeah. his name because no one had brought that religion to me. So like that happens in, tribes in the middle of the jungle. Sometimes right. it happened. It actually happens all throughout history, which is interesting. This, so, so growing up Catholic, I was fascinated with like all the weird loopholes and rules. Yeah. And like, uh-huh. if you do this, you get this. And this one, I've never had a, a succinct answer. Maybe you guys okay. can, can break. We're, the so we're here. not Catholic. If, if well, that wasn't clear, but yeah, no, no, no that's fine. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't. So I definitely was raised that way. So it's my only yeah. frame of reference to sure. Christianity, yeah. which yeah. I realize is like, the Uga Booga, like weirdo Christianity. <laughs> I get that. Um, so, so there was this, this concept that I had heard of like what happened. I'll paraphrase it, but like what happens if like some poor little Chinese kid grows up in communist China and they never 
even know about Jesus and then they die, they go to hell. Mm-hmm. And the answer that at least I got was like, no, they kind of get a pass that if that if you were ignorant to it and you never had the opportunity to learn about Christ and you die, then th- like no harm, no foul. You get to go through the regular motions like everyone else. You don't have to like, you know, burn in hell forever. And then the the concept came up was that like missionaries, as they're going around to spread the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Then two things can happen. Either A, the person believes them and they become a Christian and they go to heaven, or the person hears it and they're like, nah, like what you're saying, it's not really resonating with me. I'm going to go over here and do my thing now. Now they potentially are going to go to hell just because the missionary didn't have a good pitch. I love this. Can I answer this? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of verses in the Bible that, that address this pretty directly. And I don't know why the Catholic church doesn't uh, keep up with it, but you know why, you know why <laughs> the answer, the, the question is what about those who have never heard? And the answer is there are none. So in Acts 17 is I think the clearest. If you start in verse 26, it says, and he being God and he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is not actually far from each one of us. So the idea is that even if someone hasn't, they don't have the words for it. They don't have, they haven't had a person come say, Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. God's not far from any of us and every single person on the face of the earth has the opportunity to reach out for God and find him. And, and as they do, you hear stories from all around the world of people in, uh, for example, Islam who begin to reach out for Jesus without realizing it. And slowly um, God pulls them. This actually goes back to before Jesus as well. So this mm-hmm. is a Jonah would be the best example of the Ooh, worst missionary yeah. of all time. <laughs> so <laughs> Jonah's Jonah's this awful missionary. Who's like, God's like, Hey, go w- w- uh, witness to these people. He's like, no, screw you, God. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And then the God destroys his ship. And when he destroys when he, when the waves come to destroy his ship, everybody on the ship's like, we need to figure out why like the gods are mad at us. And they talk to Jonah. And he's like, no, it's my God. I didn't listen to him. He's, powerful. He can do all this stuff. And they say, we don't know the name of your God, but we're worshiping him now. And it actually says that they're saved. So like there's this pre Jesus save uh, salvation for these people mm-hmm. who are these pagans who don't even know the name of Christ. Don't know the name of Yahweh. Don't know like anything about Judaism don't anything about the religion, but the Bible is clear that these people turn to a God that was unnamed to them. that They just knew was the God was powerful, yeah. was powerful and that they're saved. And then Jonah gets thrown overboard. He goes to Nineveh. He, he like, we're, you know, gives the word to these people. And then he tries to kill himself. Cause he's like, God, I don't want these people to be saved. Like that's how bad of a missionary Jonah is that his beef with God is he's like, I don't like that. These people who aren't like me could get salvation. So like the whole message of Jonah is like, even people who are not following uh, Judaism back, back in this time, right. Mm-hmm. Have, have an, a path towards grace and they're not, and, and Jonah doesn't want to give it to them. So uh, that's probably the best example of like a bad missionary. And God's like, yeah, but I can still, I can still work in these people. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Do you think I hope that answered it. I don't know if that answered your question. But. Do you think there's unforgivable sin? Do you think that exists? Do you think there's something that you could do that's <laughs> so horrible that God would never forgive you for it? Sleeping with fallen angels. <laughs> 
mean, it's like the, the power dynamic yeah. again, man. Mm. But there's no consent there. You can't consent in that kind of a power dynamic. The Nephilim are not able to be forgiven. That's that's my belief. But go ahead, Abby. There's not a sin that you can do accidentally. Right. Yeah. That we would never be forgiven. But I think the unforgivable sin is just complete and absolute rejection of God. Um, looking like an at Alistair the work Crowley like way. Yeah. Looking yeah. at the work he's doing in front of your face and saying, that's not God, that's demonic. What if you turn around? Can you, could you ever like, let's say you, let's say you turned into Alistair Crowley at his worst. And then the uh-huh. very next day and you renounce, you rebuke, you do all the things you start going to church, you do the confession or again, mm-hmm. I'm, my Catholic is coming out. He's going to start doing <laughs> sure, rosaries, sure, but, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But let's say that, you know, a full 180, you know, complete redemption arc or is would Crowley have just gone a step too far and God's just like, nah, dude, there's nothing you can do now. I think I, it's one of those hypotheticals that doesn't exist. Like th- there's a, there's a point of no return where you're not, it's not that you can't return if you want to, it's that you would never want to. Your choice is so complete. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I tend to look at these questions and go like when, when all is said and done, I'm not the guy making the decision. So this is true. That's like, I don't always have a good answer for some things. So I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a God's, that's a God that's level decision. Like that's above my pay grade. So, well, cause I don't again, have, this is I, one yeah, of those, I don't know. well, this is one of those loophole questions. Cause I also yeah, yeah. Catholic Italian. Yeah. And one of the, the premises was that like, you could be Al Capone and you could do anything you want, but as long as you get the priest to come in and read you your last mm. rites and you do the like, I'm sorry, you know, we're cool now. Then you get to go back up to heaven, even though you were kind of like a jerk for the first six decades of your life. Right. Yeah. Um, the Bible I always, does. I have, found that fascinating. The Bible does have a verse about unforgivable sin. Everybody debates over it. And I'm not going to try to like, you know. Well, I don't really. I know. was taught as, but a, it does as seem like it exists. Catholic, is my point that it was denial of the Holy Spirit that that's what the unforgivable sin was. But it's like how convenient that it's so freaking vague that even when you get the answer, it still isn't right. an answer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, some people say blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So like the unforgivable sin in some people's book is saying God told me to say this, but you like knowingly no, that's not God yeah. talking to you. So like, uh, yeah, I do believe there's unforgivable sin, I guess, is my answer. I just don't like know exactly how to define it. Um, and I think Same. Abby's right where it's like when you get to that point, there's you're not going to Hitler's not, not going to just accent. become a Christian, you know, on his deathbed. No, it's but like, um, what's an example? I don't even know if this is a good one, but didn't like Dahmer start to like read the Bible after <clears throat> he got sent to jail? Or there, there, there have been other serial killers as examples that they get in the jail, mm-hmm. they find Jesus, they start reading the Bible. And I always wonder, like, do does even one of them get in if they if they truly convert and they accept Jesus and they do all the things that you're supposed to do and you know wash me of my sins and they maybe it's like a baptist thing and they get rebaptized but like do you show up in heaven and you're like wait a minute that dude killed like my entire family and he's here well i think like, this is what idea, jonah was complaining about isn't it a little bit yeah the idea is that every single one of us is is a sinner completely separated from God. And so in some ways, yes, certain sins are, are bigger than others. Yes. Yes. Murder is more horrific than telling a lie. But at the end of the day, separated from God is separated from God. And we're all equally powerless to do anything about it beyond trusting in Jesus for our salvation. Um, So it's not that I couldn't get to heaven and say, well, 
I was, I was better than this other person. How come he gets to be here? Cause we're, we're both equally don't deserve to be there except for what Jesus did. So I think there's two questions there. Did, did someone like Dahmer legitimately repent and trust Jesus for his salvation? Let's say he did for the sake of argument. For the let's sake say of that argument, he did. Then yes, he's in heaven. Yeah, I don't and, agree with that. There's a parable about this in the Bible yeah. as well, where it's like a bunch of workers come to a field. One guy gets there at six in the morning and he works till six at night and he gets paid exactly yep. what he told he was going to get paid, a.k.a. that's salvation. And then another dude shows up half hour left, you know, of the workday. He's like, hey, can I come over here and like stack rocks for a few minutes? <laughs> and he's like, will I get paid a shekel? And he's like, yeah, you'll get paid a shekel if you do that for the next half hour. He gets paid. The guy that said the guy that was there at six in the morning is pissed off. It's like, dude, I've been working 12 hours. Like, but I gave you what I said I was going to give you Mm -hmm. salvation. And the other guy came late and I gave him what I said I was going to give him salvation. And the point being like, you were not worthy of salvation. He was not worthy of salvation. Be grateful that you have salvation because you were separated from God Mm -hmm. and don't worry about the other dude. So it's that's a tough one, but I think, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like there is definitely some jealousy there where it's like, man, I had to work my whole life to like stay on the the straight and narrow. And this other dude was like a piece of crap and like got in too. But yeah. that's it's the it's the view on it that's that needs to be shifted, in my opinion. It's like mm-hmm. the view is I got salvation, uh, not that guy got salvation as well. So yeah, I don't know. Are we pro Judas or anti Judas? Well, big anti-Judas. <laughs> anti-Judas? Both of you? Well, That's a pretty what, strong what approach. Mean? Yeah, do I don't mean? know what you mean. <laughs> well, have you read the Gospel of Judas? The have you Gnostic heard of the Gospel of, of Judas? Yes, I have. Yeah, the so Gnostic, I studied Gnosticism. And, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not pro so the, that it's a gospel. It's it's written like 250 years after Judas killed himself. So, Well, the, the premise being that, again, like a loophole area, but... Yeah. If it weren't for Judas, then Jesus wouldn't have Mm -hmm. been crucified and therefore wouldn't have died for our sins and therefore wouldn't have absolved us of our sins. So Judas is kind of the linchpin in this entire operation and that Jesus might have likely put Judas up to it and been like, you need to be the guy, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't want to see it coming. I want you to be perched up on like the, the sixth floor of like a book repository. I want you to be on the grassy knoll. No, right. you know, here's my thing. I think God exists out of t- outside of time. So like there's definitely like the view that we have in linear time where it's like this guy had to do the thing to make salvation possible. And I, I get that argument. I think the point is that he was going to do the thing no matter what. And God knew he was going to do the thing. He knew he was going to betray him. He gave him, gave him every chance to be mm-hmm. good, to be a disciple, to, to, follow Jesus and to help his ministry. But the guy was, the guy was evil, right? So like the guy chose for himself to be evil, but Mm -hmm. God placed himself in, in the flesh, in that situation, knowing that that would happen because that was, that was necessary. So I think Judas chose it. I'm not Calvinist on this where I'm like, God made him do an evil thing and then punished him for it. Um, But it's like, if you know, someone's going to do something bad, does that change that that they're bad for doing it? Like just because you know, it's going to happen. It's kind of the question there, I guess, but I don't know. Everybody's got different takes on it. It's just mine. I think he's in hell, Yeah, but I'm <laughs> grateful for the role he played for the outcome. Well, Is that fair? it seems like he provided like a much more convenient because here in my mind, there's two paths forward. Jesus mm-hmm. lives maybe forever and he just goes around preaching and teaching and you have to like hear the word and follow it. Or some dude just kills him and we all 
get in just for like acknowledging him and you don't even have to like wait for all the teaching and the preaching like if somebody kills him it makes it easier for everybody it's almost like it, that was the right thing to have they, not in a heretical tried, way they tried to stone jesus like three or four times before judas sold him over so like i think they it was gonna happen good enough no i'm sorry <laughs> I think it was going to happen whether Judas was a part of it or not. I think Judas just chose to be a part of a, a part mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? And God um, decided it was time because the Sanhedrin was going to find a way to kill Jesus, yeah. whether it was a year from then, whether Judas gave him the, it the was opportunity like final to guard him. Yeah, it's what it's like, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think Abby's ever seen that movie. But he swore, never Jesus <laughs> swerved out of the way of the logs, and then it was yeah, like... he swerved out of the way of the logs, and then yeah, death came for him. <laughs> he got off the plane when uh when uh Tiffany Gomez told him to. That's what happened. <laughs> and uh, Abby, you said that Judas is probably burning in hell. Yes. Um shots fired, first of all, to <laughs> Judas's family. I'm sorry for your loss. But uh this you hear one, what she said about George a, Floyd, you know. Th- this well. is a new one. Hey, watch it. He, he's a sponsor of this show. Yeah. Sorry. Um <laughs> This is another one of those weird, those weird little conundrums. So like I recently, after watching the new Indiana Jones movie was called the Lance of Longinus and my bumpkin self never realized that the Lance of Longinus was the same thing as a spirit destiny. Um, Mm. But in, in my research, I found out there's a Saint Longinus and Saint Longinus is the dude that pokes JC with the skewer in his side. Like right, he's yeah. the dude that that uses it and he gets to become a saint. And I'm still trying to figure out he put, he pokes Jesus like not accidentally. He decides I'm going to poke him. The blood runs down the Lance and I guess it like cures him. He was like going blind or he had an issue. So with sight. you can correct me in some of this, but no, no, why, no, does, I'm, why does the pokey poke guy get to be a saint and go to heaven and Judas is burning in hell? Like explain so, the math. I said earlier that we're not Catholic. So this is, this is one of the things I'm, I'm not Catholic on is like, I was oh, like a I've Catholic only at, thing. Cause he's a saint. I assume that's my point. Right. So like, there's okay. a lot of saints that I've looked into recently where I was like, those people actually seem demonic and bad <laughs> and they get like this sainthood. So like, that's a whole conversation, but yeah, just because the Catholic church calls him a saint, um, it makes up a story, which I'm not sure is true or if it's just Catholic lore, uh, like you're asking me to explain why he's a saint. I don't, I don't think he is, but like, I don't, I think it, I, because I think the story's made up. I think that this whole, like knowing his name, knowing what happened to him. I don't think any of that's true personally, but theoretically going back to the Dahmer thing, <laughs> theoretically, Judas, Judas rejects Jesus, betrays him. And then rather than face his guilt, repent, anything like that, he kills himself. Yeah. Theoretically, the guy who stabbed Jesus could have later in life been shoot that was god well also, i did a rad thing also yeah so in your scenario like if it's true right mm-hmm. judas was with jesus saw him perform miracles knew he was a son of god saw the transfiguration and then mm-hmm. rejected him so this goes back to the earlier question of like when you know and you know when you know that you know and there's like no way yeah. to say that you don't know and then rejecting god that could very well be the, the unforgivable sin. Yes. Whereas the soldier's like, here's a dude on a cross. We kill people all day. Yeah. He he stabs this guy in the side. The guy walks on the earth again three days later. He's like, oh, crap. That guy that was, was not lying. That was <laughs> yeah. God. And then he changes his life. I think that guy would be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Jesus comes back to earth and he sees everyone wearing crosses around their necks? He gets spooked <laughs> and bounces <It's> PTSD. again. PTSD. <laughs> 
Like, yo, there, there's, there's these a people good, are like mocking me. <laughs> there's a good question to be had about like certain symbols, like that the, mm. the church has adopted, whether that's like a good thing or not. I think, you know, early on in, in Acts, it says that the Christians called themselves the way. And then the people in one city mocked them and called them little Christs or Christians. So like the name Christian is a derogatory name. And people and the Christian church took it upon themselves to be like, you can call us what you want. We're going to like accept it and be like, whatever we, we want to be like Christ. So calling us little Christ isn't so much of an insult. Uh, and that same, that same concept gets transferred over to the cross, to the nails, the things mm-hmm. like that. I think some people have a problem with it being like, eh, I don't know if we should like wear the torture device that Jesus died on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. that's a question, right? You always wonder, too, if you got and the shout out to this is from an old KRS one lyric. But if Jesus had been like shot, would everyone be wearing little golden guns around yes. their necks? Golden AK-47s. We look like yeah. Russians. Can we like can we have the tracksuit and the gold AK-47 necklace and just be like Russian gangsters? It for sounds like Russian Orthodox already, to be honest. <laughs> really you know, does. it might be. Yeah. <laughs> just replace the golden cross medallion with like a golden AK. And it's like super Russian. So uh, what? You mentioned that you've got like a Bible that's got like extra notes and stuff like this. So here's another weird hard line in certain circles where it's like, if you're not on the, the King James version, then you're spreading filth, mister. Um, so like, you know, if, if you show the, the, what is it? The companion Bible or like the new Bible or or the NTSC or whatever. Yeah. So where, where are you at? Which, which one's right? I, I don't think any of them are perfect. But I don't think the King James is as perfect as the people who love the King James say. What, that what Bible have you written, PJ? <laughs> I didn't write. I did not write the Bible and I did not write uh, the demonology, which was another I mean, King James. You just James throw book. around, just calling it not perfect, yeah. but you haven't even attempted to write your own. That's cool. The, That's uh, true. The translation I'm a is hater. perfect. Obviously, That's what I meant. The, yeah. Bible, the Bible is perfect, <clears throat> but the human ability to translate Hebrew is Hebrew is a thick language. And uh, we're working with really old manuscripts. I think. I personally think of the translations, the ESV is the best, but that's just my personal opinion. And I don't think anyone is, is wrong. The the thing about the King. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about the King James is like, we have gotten older texts since then. So we've found, Mm -hmm. we've discovered older texts that have, you know, like more clearly, like this was the Hebrew, this was the original language, you know, some things were translated to Greek and then translated to English. And then we go back to the Hebrew and we translate them or go back to the Greek and we translate or whatever, right? Like we have a better understanding now than we did in the 1500, whenever King James wrote the, the King James Bible. It doesn't differ in any like super important ways, but like there are some little things that I oh, think nice. the King James Bible doesn't quite have the translation right but I don't think uh, the people who make that their whole personality bother me. So yeah, I think you can read the King James and be just fine. I think you can read the ESV and be just fine. Um, but not, is- not the, not the message or whatever that one is. That one's, that one's crap. <laughs> is the message. What's the one that changes honey for bubble gum and they like put it in like modern American. Well, the message like, isn't even a translation. It's, it, it's a paraphrase. And yeah, yeah. then people started treating it like it was a translation. Yeah. yeah. Like, Guys, <laughs> the author never wanted you to do that. But no, I think the the point is you you find one that's as faithful, like where where the the translators cared, like the translators weren't trying to push an agenda; they were just doing their absolute best to translate truthfully. And then you before find the woke Disney translators got involved, or what? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait for the Disney's Bible to come out next year since they're losing so much revenue everywhere else. Find a faithful translation, but find one that's readable for you. And my biggest problem with the King James version is that it's not readable. It's so old. Um, the English is so old that you're just not. Sorry. It's a dialect that I don't speak. So I'm not going to, that wouldn't be a good Bible for me to read because I have trouble connecting with God through it. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I feel like anyone out there fighting werewolves, if they write a book, I'll read it. So do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we're running a little bit long here. We haven't even gotten to conspiracies. I'm just going to cut right into this and we'll, we'll wrap Let's this up it. for you guys. Hey, conspiracy buffs. I double dare you to take some PCP, the paranormal conspiracy probe on your marks, get set and go. All right. No qualifiers. I want oh your true, honest All readings. Right. Zero to ten. Uh, and we'll, we'll go PJ first and then Abby for each one of these. Okay. Flat Earth, zero to ten. One. One. Yeah. Hollow Earth, zero to ten. Ooh, five. Three. Okay. We are 6,000 years old, roughly. Seven? I, I don't know. I'm a full ten on that one. It's hard. It's hard to be. A, it's the disqualif without the disqualifiers. Some of these are hard to answer. Yeah, you got. You got to just to put a number on it. I'll just put a seven on it. Dinosaurs. What about them? <laughs> the day that they ever existed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hate the no qualifiers rule. Uh, seven. I'm gonna say seven too. Yeah. Dragons and and I mean fire breathing flying dragons. Nine. Nine. Celebrity clones. Ooh. Seven. Five. Um, Leo Harvey Oswald was a lone wolf. Zero. <laughs> One. One. <laughs> Adrenochrome rituals. Nine. Seven. I want to. I want to. I want to ask more about Judy Chrome, but I'm, <laughs> no. trying to, I'm trying to bounce around all the other ones because you started out hot on this. Um, uh, I mean, Alice. I feel like I know the answer, but I'll ask you guys: zero to ten. Alistair Crowley summoned an actual demon at some point in his life. Nine. Ten. Yeah, I was gonna say ten, but I, I like to leave a little bit of like cool. he could be full of shit. But yeah, I'll give it a. I'll and give then, it a nine still. And then finally, <clears throat> or here we'll do two more: zero to ten. Bigfoot. I need to know this one exists has ten. ever existed the actual big oh, 10 10 is, is this um ham is ham the original bigfoot uh well i thought it was kane or hurley kane hurley kane we had a guy on that paul stobbs that talked to about it oh. with us so the clown the nephilim clown guy right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going on his show on sunday i love that guy <laughs> okay and then and then finally Anyone that makes it big in Hollywood or in the music industry has sold their soul to the devil or Satan or something. I want to say 10, but I'll say nine again. Give myself yeah. a little bit of wiggle room. Nine, depending on what you mean by makes it big. Who's the one who like is, is there someone that's like free from, uh, you know, like is Taylor Swift is like, are you guys Swifties? And, and like, no. okay, no. <laughs> No. Well, the only reason I'll, I'll tell you why I said nine, because Taryn Manning recently, and we're doing an episode on this soon, was like, right. I was offered the gold juice three times and didn't take it. She was very successful. I'm sure she did plenty of things to be in that club. 
but she didn't go all the way, it seems. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's like a level of fame that people get to where they're like tempted with the thing and maybe their career gets shut off after that. So, but do I think they're not innocent at that point? But uh, so I got to say nine is like a, like a full, like soldier soul of the devil thing. Yeah. I'm Would just you guys ever do adrenochrome? No. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> I want to leave a little room for, I don't know if there's a path a clean path to that level of fame. I think for the most, for the most part, I couldn't name a person. I, 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 I actually think took a clean path, but I wonder if one exists. Yeah. I think maybe it, it exists to a certain extent, but I, I feel like extending it to like mm-hmm. where Taylor Swift got right. Like, like she, Teresa. she goes away for a little bit and then she comes back with like three number one albums, a tour, right. like with full on witchcraft rituals and the whole thing. And is like right. times person you're at 33. Like, she made that decision between those times, right? At, at, right? Or like the final one, I think. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa's incredibly famous. Did mm-hmm. she sell her soul? I don't. I don't think so. But I'd have to do a Mother Teresa that. episode. She's got, dude. She's got shade that's get thrown. There is. Too. There Does is. She some. Some skeletons. Ooh. She mm-hmm. believed. So the skeleton version of this one is that she believed people found Christ through suffering so she would be around suffering people and then people just assumed that she was like there to help but it might have been more like just wanting to be there and like watch them suffer because that was like her kink it was it's weird when you look into the Mother Teresa stuff I'm not like fully in the camp that she was like the the, you know 10 out of 10 saint that we're told she is I mean I'm not surprised yeah but she could have been like a nurse ratchet and just you know that's what I'm yeah right (laughs) Wow, that's cool though. That's funny. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys go. Sorry for running over a little bit. We were having way too much fun. I didn't even expect great, us to man. talk about the Bible for an hour. I swear yeah, I, I didn't, didn't either. And it was fun, man. <laughs> Not sorry, but sorry. Yeah. Thank you for having us on, man. This is a good time. Thank you. Uh, PJ and Abby, again, uh, from Conspiracy Pill, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So go over to conspiracypill.com. Follow all the links. We're on Twitter. We're on Rumble. We're on Odyssey, Rockfin, all that good stuff. TikTok. Just, just take a minute and click on all of them. You yeah. know, follow us. It helps us out a ton. It's free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> well, and something that's not free is uh, this Chaos Twins comic that I'll show you guys. Check it out. If you haven't gotten a copy yet, you still got a chance. Go to chaostwins.com for this dive into a realm where comedy meets cosmic adventure chaos twins created by comedian sam tripoli and comic publisher paranoid americans will sweep you off your feet join two girls with the astonishing ability to morph into animals rally with their cryptid crew and traverse diverse dimensions but you don't have to take my word for it Sign up now at chaostwins.com. In a place as curious as Crown City, adventure awaits at every turn. Meet Anna and Becca, two spirited souls navigating a world filled with wonders and weirdness. Alongside their trusted allies, Biggie, Mathilda, and the Chupacabros, they'll stand against aliens, reptilians, and mysteries beyond imagination. Dive into their captivating tales and discover a world where anything is possible. For more information, visit chaostwins.com, samtripoli.com, and paranoidamerican.com. Yeah. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.